Say to the person next to you, say it's lovely to see you. Give them a big smile. <laughs> oh, it's going over my head. There you go. It's lovely to see you all. Um, yes, really lovely to see you all. I just want to clarify in case anyone's wondering, I don't have COVID. Um, just in case you're wondering, I am trying to be safe. Uh, and so I'm not going to give anyone a hug this morning. I'm really sorry, guys. But just so you know, I'm keeping my distance a little bit this morning. Um, but I am negative on all accounts. So there you go. Apart from my attitude towards people, in which case I'm positive. Just to, to clarify, that's as far as it goes. It's just to do with COVID. But it's lovely to see you all this morning. Um, I get to share one of our core values on, on genuine love. Um, not just love, but genuine love. Real love. And that is to share the love of God through kindness, goodness, and generosity. So if you're not aware, we're currently going through a sermon series where we are looking at who God's called us to be as church. Like our vision, our mission statements, and in our core values. The things that kind of uh, are like our DNA as a church. How we operate. How we operate towards each other. And how kind of everything in the church should have this DNA running through it. And so genuine love is one of our DNA uh, statements. Sharing the love of God through kindness, goodness, and generosity. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read our passage for today first, and then I'm going to kind of go through it again, um, just commenting on it. Um, so let me read. It's uh, 1 John 4. If you want to go there in your Bibles, it means you can follow me as we go back through it again. But it's 1 John chapter 4. Um, I don't know what page it is in the Pew Bible, but it's in 1 John 4. Um, so we're going to go from verse 7 through to 21. So it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. If you don't know what that is, look in a dictionary and it will tell you exactly what that is. <laughs> Beloved, if God so loved us, no, I will get to it. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him Whoever loves God must also love his brother. So making that really clear, we really have to love each other. I'll sum that passage up. 
So genuine love. Looking at this word genuine, genuine love can only ever come from genuine people. Only ever comes from genuine people. And, and if I could be genuine with you this morning, I'm, I'm, I was going to do that thing that we've been doing the last couple of weeks where it says, if you could imagine me about five foot 11, slightly less hair, big bulging muscles. No. Um, <laughs> it was down, uh, I was down to preach uh, this week. Um, but to be honest uh, and genuine with you this morning, I really didn't think I could uh, and that's not because my theology has shifted or because God's failed me. And it's not because my faith has failed. In fact, God's faith in me is far greater than I could imagine. But to be honest, because of, there's a real agony of grief inside of me at the moment. A real agony of grief, a real hole of that. And, it, and it's really consuming. And I desperately need God's love to be manifest in my life bigger than the pain I'm feeling at the moment. And so as I come to you this morning, I'm in desperate need of God's love. For God's love to be genuine in me. But I don't think I'm the only one in this room who could do with a hug from God this morning. To do with really feeling his love this morning. And so that is our aim this morning. That we're going to pursue God's love together, knowing that we can only genuinely give away something if we genuinely received it ourselves. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you fill this room with your love, with your presence? Would you come and testify to our spirits that we are children of God? Testify to us of the love of the Father, that we are sons and daughters of his dearly loved. I just invite you now even to open your heart to God and say, God, would you fill me with your love this morning? I want to know your love afresh. Ben, do you want to put that pad on really low for me and leave it on? I really believe God's wanting to minister to us this morning and I know I need it so much myself. But I know he's really willing. And I want to encourage you, even as I share a bit from this passage, I want you to open yourself up to God. And you can call him whatever you want to call him. You can call him Father. You can call him Abba. You can call him Daddy. It's, it's the same person. But I want you to open your hearts to him. And if you miss every word I say today, but you are filled with his love in such a genuine way, then friends, that's okay. And let us renew ourselves to his love through his word. So I'm going to go back to this passage in 1 John 4. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. This passage is really clear. Love is from God and how we love each other is an indication of how well we know God. That's what it says. Not only that, but whoever loves has been born of God, has been born again of God. And it's easy to look at this and think that we have to act in a certain way in order to fit in, to look good and Christian. 
But I suppose I've got a question in that. Have you ever tried to give a love greater than you've actually received yourself? Have you ever tried to give a love greater than one you've actually received? And I imagine some of us have tried. I probably count myself in that group. You know those days when you're tired and you're hurt and maybe you're feeling a bit empty and you feel it's your responsibility to look after someone else. I want to challenge us. How loving really are we in those situations if we don't feel full ourselves? It's not so much genuine love anymore. It's kind of kind of love. And I'm not saying that God can't move through us if we're feeling empty because we know he can. But God loves partnership over puppets. Does that make sense? God loves to fill us so that we can act in partnership with him, not just move through us as empty vessels. So our desire to love is, is good. Who has a desire to love the people around him? Yeah, good. I'm glad. Our desire to love is really good. Don't hear me wrong on that. It's really good. But if our desire is just to love, 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 and we ourselves are empty of love, then all we're given is, is service and responsibility. It's not genuine love. It's, it's religious lip service, for want of a better way of putting it. And, and the problem with that is people see right through it. I remember a conversation with my wife once, and she says, um, what did she say? I'm going to try and remember exactly. It's not in my notes. That's why. She said, um, she's like, Tim, I don't want service. I want love. She's like, she doesn't want me to just do all the things that I'm meant to do. She wants to feel loved. She wants your love. Here she is. She come. Thanks for putting up with me, babe. <laughs> but it's true, right? If we're just going through the motions, if we are not filled with love in order to give it away, then what we give away is just religious lip service and people see right through it. People in our community see right through it. We have to be filled with love. It'd be like this. Uh, It'd be like me taking Oak up to Jackson's that way um, and signing a credit agreement for a new Bugatti. Now... Oak has absolutely no ability to give them what he doesn't have, right? He can sign as many credit agreements as he wants. He doesn't have the money. He, he would never have been approved, but we'll put that to the side, okay? But he cannot give something. He, cannot, he can enter into an agreement about it, but he can't actually give it because he just never has it. That credit kind of agreement is far from genuine. It's absolutely pointless. We can only give what we have. I'm going to try and share this from my social distance this morning. Uh, I have a wonderful volunteer to help me this morning. Oh, I can't reach. Do you want to come up and help me volunteer? Oh, I've got two volunteers this morning. I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you so much, Gary. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, Chris, uh, so I've got some love to share with you this morning. Who likes chocolate? Hands in the air? Rian definitely does. All right. Um, Chris, if you could just start walking around and just sharing, sharing that love with everyone this morning. That'd be really great. Um, It's a really Christian thing to do, isn't it, to share love with everyone. So let's give Chris a round of applause. Thanks, Chris, for being so Christian. Chris, if if you just give them the chocolates, that'd be really good, mate. Are you right to do that? Chris, are you not not wanting to share the the love? No? Talk to me. What do do you mean? What's not in there? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, 
practical, though it's practice service, but so wait, you're telling me you can't give away the chocolates? But you're Christian, you're, you should be doing nice things to all these nice people. But wait, you, you can't give it away, why not? Wait, you can't give away something you don't have? This is mind-blowing. This is... Why don't you chuckle that stuff in that bag, Chris, for me? And you can put this bag in your bottoms. This might be a little bit better. It might do the job better. And you may think, oh, what a silly little illustration, but I bet you'll remember it. <laughs> but I'm really genuine, friends. We just cannot give away something we don't have. Yeah, you could hand it out of the bag if you want. There's some chocolates. If you maybe chuck some to each row and they can deliver. But friends, this, this I really like. <laughs> oh. I, cannot, I cannot like be more intentional about this. Friends, if we want to give away a love that is bigger and better than anything this world has to offer, we first must receive it. We've got to be filled with it ourselves. Otherwise, it's not genuine love. It's just kind of love or love, love, or here's some sellotape. Let's try and fix it. But genuine love changes situations and, and, and changes hurts and brokenness, changes problems. Genuine love of God is supernatural in what it does. And if our, if our church culture, if our culture as a church, which is what we're talking about in these core values, if our culture is just to, to, to give, give, and give love without ever stopping to receive it, then we'll become burnt out and hypocritical. And no one wants that, right? If we don't love each other, we, sorry, we don't love each other in order that we might receive from God, we receive from God so that we can love each other. So let us receive God's love that we might freely, genuinely, unbegrudgingly give it away. And so then comes this big question, which I'm sure you've asked yourself once or twice before. God, how do I receive your love? Who's ever asked that question? Come on, be brave with me. How do I really receive your love? Because these guys like, all talk about it all the time, and I know it sounds good, and I know this, this concept of love. I know the concept, but actually, how do I receive it? How do I feel it? How does it become something real to me and not just like a concept in my head, yeah? Who's ever asked that question? Just... This is, this is where we are, right? We don't want to just this, this knowledge of what love is. I could tell you all day what love is, but I need to feel it. And I need it to be bigger than everything around me because when it does, everything around me changes. I need his love. Who needs his love this morning? Just tell him, God, I need your love. Let me read from verse 9 now. 1 John 4, verse 9. How do we receive this love? In this, the love of God was made manifest among us. Do you know what God it says in, um, I think it's Exodus, it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. That's what God says to his people, to the Jews, right? And the thing is, they never had this manifestation of God's love. They never had kind of like this, this real thing right in front of them, no matter how many amazing stuff they saw. They never had Christ in their midst. And God says, I loved you with an everlasting love. And yet time and time again, they went their own way and they did their own thing. And who knows, we can recognize a bit of, the, kind of the Hebrew people in our lives, right? Going our way and doing our own thing. But God said, I've loved you. And it says this, the love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. 
because there's thousands of years with people hearing, you're the blessed people, you're the chosen people, the chosen generation, and yet they're living in captivity under the Romans. This is like first century Judaism, right? They've heard God loves them, but they're just living in captivity, and they're like, how is this real? And God sent his only son in the world as a man, as flesh. Pinch yourself. Pinch, this is a real thing. Pinch yourself. It's real. Jesus was real. He was as real as you and I. He came as a man in flesh and he died in our place. How much more real and tangible can the love of God be that he sent his own son to die for us? For you. For me. The love of God was made manifest. So every promise and every word spoken since the beginning of time, every beat of God's heart towards us, has this focal point in the life and death of Christ. It is manifest and it is real. And I want to encourage you, if you ever trouble, find it difficult to feel like you can receive God's love, then I invite you to look to the cross. Look to Christ on the cross. Look to his love poured out upon us. Because I believe that in that you will find something so real and tangible that will open your heart afresh. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and has sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The propitiation is, uh, I don't know the actual word, but anyway, the concept, the propitiation is to, to put in place of, if I got that right. It's like to, to be given in our place for our sins. This is the gospel. God so loved the world, so loved each and every one of us that even when everything we did rejected and rebelled against him, he sent his son to die as a manifestation of his love to lay down his life in exchange for ours. And if you're sitting here today and, and, and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you know of God and you know that God is loving, but you don't have a relationship with him, then I invite you to look to the cross. It says that if we confess Jesus Christ as Lord, if we believe in our hearts, we invite him to be Lord of our lives, then that is a place we enter into a relationship with a God who really loves. And I promise you the love you will receive from him in that place is greater than any love you've ever experienced in your life. As Jesus died on the cross, every bit of sin and brokenness that once insulated us and binded us from knowing God's love, those scales were lifted from our eyes and we were presented with an invitation to live in him to live in love himself. You see, God's love isn't this little thing he puts in you. It's a vast ocean that he plants you in. You live in love when you live in Christ. So friends, if you're sitting here today blocked or unable to receive God's love, feeling like you, there's just some disconnect there, I want to encourage you. Probably most of us in this room have sat in that place at one point or another. My encouragement to you would be to look to Christ. Look to Calvary. Imagine your sins being placed upon him and know what love really looks like. Romans 5 says this, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ dies for us. So what does this love do? Verse 13, 1 John 4, 13. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. 
And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, see, is that encouragement to you. Confess that. God abides in him and he in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and whoever abides in love abides in God, and God in him. God's love, God is love, and as we receive his love, it's not just kind of this fuzzy feeling, but it's God himself coming inside you to abide in you. The feeling is kind of what happens sometimes as a result of that. But when you receive God's love, it's God himself making his face himself at home in your heart. We become the dwelling place of God, but he's not done there. In verse 17, it says, by this is love perfected in us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in the world. As he is, so also are we in the world. He's not moving in like a, like a lodger, getting ready to put up with us with all our bad habits and, and kind of our frustrations. You know, he's, 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 not, he's not a tenant. He's coming in as the owner. Does that make sense? When you welcome God into your life, if you invite him in as a tenant who's going to kind of play ball and, and make things look pretty, it's not going to work because he wants to come in as the owner. He wants to come in and have every bit of you and every bit of your life. And he's not just wall, like painting over the wallpaper or whatever. He's completely ripping it out and starting again inside of you. He's coming in as the owner. And sometimes that's a little bit scary. And sometimes it's a little bit painful. But you are being made the dwelling place of the Most High as he makes his home within you. And for me, that's all worth it. In that, he transforms us to look like him so that on the day of judgment, when we stand before God Almighty, and there is a day of judgment coming, and we will stand before God Almighty, in that place, we will look like him who made his place at home in us. We will look like Christ. He abides in us. He transforms us and frees us in his love. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. And I've, do you know, I've grappled with fears, probably like my whole life I've grappled with fears, but these past couple of years I've grappled with so many fears, and do you know what, the worst of them have come true. The absolute worst of them have come true. And I know I'm not the only one to be able to say this. You know, life has valleys as well as mountains, and the invitation to fear is alluring. It feels like you've got some sort of control or escape, but actually it just always makes things worse. In all these things, I know that God doesn't leave us or forsake us. But in the midst of the storm, he invites us to lean into him and to be loved. And again, I've said this before, God's promise to us isn't that life is always going to be easy and roses. His promise to us is that he will be in there with us. He will be covering us and protecting us, and he will work all things for our good. I'm going to invite the, the band and Jen to come up. Let me read this from Romans 8, and Jen's going to share a testimony we heard the other day. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, in all the brokenness and hurt and the pain, we are more than conquerors 
through him who loved us. I want to share this testimony. Jen's sister was at a conference. Uh, a lady called Heidi Baker, who's a missionary in Africa, was speaking at the conference. And just this incredible testimony of God's love in the midst of brokenness. Yeah, so, oh, hello. There's one. Yeah, perfect. Um, so as my sister was um, relaying this um, testimony that Heidi Baker was sharing at this conference, it was so powerful. So in she's a missionary to Mozambique. God uses her and her husband, Roland Baker, to do incredible things. And I don't know if you've heard her testimony about stopping for the one. She's, she's somebody that oozes the love of Jesus. And so in Mozambique, they are in um, a really hard place at the moment. There is a new militia that is sweeping through that land and they're going to villages and they are slaughtering Christians. They are purposely going out and doing the most horrendous things imaginable. And there are people that are escaping the villages and they are coming to Heidi and Roland's base in Mozambique and because they think it's a safe place. But to be honest, there's no safe place at the moment in Mozambique for Christians with this militia group that are going around and she was sharing that in the distance they could hear them coming, the wailing of these people in grief and in pain because these people have watched their children being beheaded. They've watched their, their families being murdered in front of their eyes for their faith in Jesus. And they're coming and they're wailing because they're full of grief. And nothing is going to touch this grief. They can hear it in the distance and they get to them. And these people know nothing about moves of God in Toronto or any other churches of the Spirit. They just know Jesus and they have a faith in Jesus. And they're coming and they arrive at the camp. And Roland, Heidi's baker, he's an amazing man of God and he carries the joy of the Lord. This is ministry. He walks into rooms and people are laughing or on the floor rolling about. And, and um, he walks where the people come into their camp They're, they've been crying for days and he comes into the room and he just does this with his hand he kind of ushers his hand to usher in joy and these people that have been wailing and wailing and wailing start to laugh and laugh and laugh because Jesus is healing them with his joy every fiber of their being is experiencing the joy of the Lord, the love of God, and it's healing them. It's supernatural because you think they shouldn't be laughing, but the, the joy of the Lord is coming, and it's turning their mourning into joy, and it's healing their very beings. Grief and trauma is leaving, and I know that there might not be that level of trauma for some of us in that room, some of us might have experienced horrific traumas like that. But there is traumas and griefs that we have experienced in our lives. There are places where we are the walking wounded. And we need the love of Jesus to come flooding in. To encounter every fiber of our beings. Not just our hearts, not just our minds, but our bodies that hold pain and grief. Our bodies that hold trauma and memories. He wants to come in and his love wants to envelop you and heal you and restore you. So, yeah. Why don't we just take five minutes here? Why don't you just close your eyes and 
Just focus on God. Father, we need your love. Father, we ask even today that we would experience your love in greater measure than ever before. Holy Spirit, would the wind of your presence come right now? Would your perfect love that casts out all fear come? Would fear be removed from this room right now? Would perfect peace and perfect love come abounding? Yeah, Jesus. We're just going to wait here, friends. We've got time. We're just going to wait here and allow the Father to minister his love to us. And if you are one of those people who, who say, I, I, you know, I, I'm not sure how to feel God's love. I'm not sure how to receive it. I want to encourage you. It's not about trying hard. In some ways, it's about giving up and giving in. But I just encourage you, look to the cross. Look to Jesus. Imagine your sins laid upon him. Yeah. Yeah. And receive his love. while we were still sinners God sent his only son to die in our place that we might become children of God fill this room with your love some of you need to place those pains those offenses that grief that trauma in his hands you need to place it into his hands and allow him to take it, to take care of you, to take care of that thing that has been wounding, has caused you to place walls up or even become hard-hearted. It's easier to have a hard heart than a soft heart sometimes because with a hard heart, we don't have to feel as much. But... The love of God wants to come and he wants to come and soften hearts so that even as you begin to feel, maybe feel those pains, you would also begin to feel the love of God. Yeah, Jesus. Going from knowing to experiential love. Receive your love, Father. Even as I step down here, I can feel the weighty presence of God. And so I'd encourage you, put out your hands. We're waiting here. We're going to encounter his presence. We're going to encounter his love. 
it is coming, it's waves, it comes like heavy, heavy waves, even oil, the, the thickness, the presence of God. You, I, I know that every single person in this room needs a touch of God this morning. I know that every single one of us needs to know the love of God in a deeper and a more tangible way. And he wants to come and he wants to love us this morning. He wants to heal our hearts this morning. He wants you to encounter and experience something of his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness and his kindness. And I just would encourage you to keep going with those pictures that God's showing you. I really believe that God's given some of you some incredible pictures right now. into our hearts, God. Deeper into our hearts. I just want to encourage you that even last week when Phil was preaching, I think it was last week about abiding, abiding love and how we abide in him. Do you know the Lord abided with Moses? He came and he was with Moses and he promised to go with Moses. And I think and I feel that some of us have not known how to get to or even abide with. But I want to let you know that God has not left you or forsaken you. He abides with you. He is with you. And it's not about trying to find your way back to where you were. It's about letting him meet you in the place that you're in now. going to draw this service to a close but just that sense of like please keep receiving we're just going to carry on um, however long it is and it needs um, you know that sense that for us all we need that love just poured in but some of us God is really ministering right now and so please just stay keep receiving keep allowing God's love to pour in but we want to bless you as well. If you, um, for those with children, we want to bless you too. If uh, 
if you want to go and get your children, uh, that'd be great. We've got refreshments next door. Um, just a couple of things. I'll be sending an email out with things coming up, but we've got the prophetic workshop on Wednesday, so please sign up by the end of today. Uh, for those online, we bless you as well, just to keep receiving God's love and just to know the depth. And I just want to say on behalf of us, I, I'm just so proud of the chat behind me, Tim, and the way that um, having struggled to get to this point, you know, that encounter with God's love is so real and genuine. Uh, and we know the pain they're both going through. And for all of us, that's, you know, God knows that. And there's no point hiding or running away. He sees it all together. Uh, and I just encourage us from today and tomorrow, fall back into his arms. Know his love. Know the transforming power of his love and the difference it makes, whatever we're going through. So bless you guys. And, um, and so the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace now and always. Amen. Amen. Yeah, if you just be aware of the people around.